Hi, this is Rose and Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We believe this teaching will empower you to grow into the fullness of Christ and inspires you to walk with Him. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. We believe in you and we know that He will appear in your life soon. Enjoy the message. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me with another lesson on What Jesus Meant series. My name is Rose Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries and I'm really happy to be with you this week and talk about another verse, another thing that Jesus said um, and it's especially in Matthew chapter 24. If this is the first time that you're watching one of our videos, I just want to say thank you for joining us and welcome and we hope that this teaching is going to bless you abundantly but just want to let you know that uh, we've been building up on the subject of the coming of Jesus in the last few weeks and if you haven't watched the previous videos please go ahead and watch them because I might say something in this video that you haven't like that I have already covered it in other videos but I believe that uh, this is going to be amazing also for you and just as we are growing and maturing in knowing the Lord Jesus and what he is doing. So uh, what I'm um, uh, about to share with you today, before actually I get to to the teaching actually, I just want to make a couple of announcements here. And um, just to let you know that we are transitioning uh, from the pre-recorded videos to the live videos. So, and that means that we are thinking of having a live church, if you you want to call it, or the live videos. And the reason is that we know that the majority of the stuff that we are sharing or teaching in our YouTube channel it is not teach or preach somewhere else and and you and people have a lot of questions believe it or not through our online courses YouTube channel Facebook and ministering to two different languages in Farsi and Persian language we are getting a lot of questions every day and every single of those questions are so important to us so we take time and sometimes answering one of them it could take a couple of hours hours for us because we want to make sure that we can be clear and we are responsible for the answers and we are responsible for the teachings that we have and and that's why we we realized that to to transitioning to the live videos will bring a platform so that every time we have a teaching we can be live and answering your questions in the next couple of weeks we will announce to you and we will confirm the time and date for the English speaking uh, basically live videos we are going to announce the date so just stay tuned and just let me know in the comments what do you think about this because we want to be able to 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 to, uh, to be available for you to answer the questions that you might have and answering them through our live videos i think it's the best way of doing it so and another thing that I want to say is just if you haven't uh, visited our website, please go ahead and visit our website. You can just join our uh, um, mailing list so you can be notified by our weekly blog post. And also, you will get a free ebook on how to study the Bible. All right, so let's get into 
today's teaching. So we've been talking about the coming of Jesus. And here's the thing, in the last few years, uh, we have had many people asking us about, okay, so how do you see the coming of Jesus? And to be honest with you, the coming of Jesus, it's just this huge doctrine out there. And it is a huge doctrine, even for us today that when we read the Bible, but we believe that we need to define or even redefine the coming of Jesus. Someone asked us recently, uh, but and he was like maybe one of many people that asked us this question. So are you not uh, like, do you believe in the coming of Jesus in the physical form? And the answer is yes, we do believe in the coming of Jesus in physical form. But here's the thing. We don't believe that he's coming outside of you. He comes with his own body. And today you and I are his body that he comes with us and he comes through us. So the mystery of Christ as the chid and the church is the mystery of one man, the new man. And the Christ that is inside of us is coming outside of us. And it will be seen and manifested in the physical form and in the physical realm, but not from you, outside of you. So our emphasis of the coming of Jesus, it's understanding the work of God, which is happening inside of us and the work of God that is happening outside to the world around us. So eventually, Surely Jesus has become the savior of us today so that we can become the savior of the world tomorrow. So my point and, and you know, like when we talk about the coming of Jesus, uh, we, gotta, we need to come and realize that you're talking about the Christ that is coming and that Christ is inside of you. So do you know that verse? And probably we all have heard it, that it says that the Christ in you is the hope of glory. And when we are talking about the coming of Jesus, eventually we need to understand that, okay, what is the purpose of the coming of Jesus? And what, what is the purpose that he's doing and he's coming to do? The end of the book of Revelation, after all the amazing things that happen, you go to chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, chapter 22, you come to this city and all of a sudden you see that, okay, you think it's finished. And a few verses later, Jesus said, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. So the purpose of the coming of Jesus is for the church so that he can bring the reward for the church. And if you go back to the beginning of the book of Revelation, Jesus is writing to seven churches and he tells every one of them, I'm coming, I'm coming. If you have an ear to hear, hear what the spirit says. And then he says, if you overcome, then you will eat from the tree of life. Then the second death shall have no power. Then you will have the rod of iron ruling on there then you will sit on the throne so if you read the seven letters to the seven churches that Jesus is talking he's talking about his coming with the reward that he's bringing so eventually the coming of Jesus it's for the church and to bringing that reward because he's coming to reward you of something that you endured and you uh, basically overcome so that you can receive it so that's why, uh, and even we read that in Hebrews chapter 11, that uh, and, and those, uh, he's talking about Abel in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says that he, um, by faith Abel, offered a sacrifice more acceptable than Cain to God, and he pleased God, basically. And then he goes on to Enoch, and he says, by faith, Enoch walked with God, and he, was, and he pleased God. And then it says, we know that you can, we, nobody can please 
please God if it's not by faith. So this is the faith can please God. So and then it keeps going and it says those who come to him, they must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So do you see that in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus is talking about I'm coming with a reward. So he's coming with those who are seeking him so that he can give them a reward because those who seek him, they are seeking him in faith. So eventually the coming of Jesus is for the church to bring you in a position so that you can overcome all the stuff that you are facing, which today we are going to see one of the things that as a church we are facing is the tribulation. And believe it or not, Jesus is writing to second church in uh, Revelation chapter two, and he's talking about the tribulation that this church is going to through. So today we are going to see that, okay, this is another aspect of looking at the coming of Jesus in the time of tribulation. We are going to see what is the tribulation and what does it mean that he's coming so that he can reward us basically. So that's why if I want to go back and just um, bring that uh, bigger picture of the coming of Jesus, if um, do you remember in uh, Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking about the coming of the son of man as uh, like the days of Noah, as the, um, uh, like the days of Lot. Actually, you know what, maybe we should go to Luke chapter 17. And I want to show you something to realize that when we talk about the Christ and the mystery of Christ, we are not talking about a God that is out there and external to us. It's the God that is inside of us. The God that he's working in us and he's working out of us. We have had people asking us that, is it not better that, you know, that Jesus comes and he, he takes us to himself or, you know, or is it not better that we go to heaven and we experience this better um, quality of life? Let's just be honest here. If you're waiting for a day that Jesus come and take you to himself, you have missed the big thing because Jesus has already taken you to himself. You have already become his because in 2 Peter chapter 2 says that he has, he bought you. He bought you with his own blood. So the reason we are waiting for the external Jesus to come, to bring a power and we look and we say, wow, what a power. It's because we don't experience the power of God today in our lives. So let's just think about it. If we are waiting for a calendar day to arrive so Jesus can come from now until that day, I do not have any reality of Jesus in my life. I'm waiting for some day to arrive. And so I can say, look how powerful my God is. And we forgot that no, he's coming is actually today to you and you can experience his coming every day even now if you want to wait for a day to arrive please by no means just go ahead and wait for it but what I am saying in this video and in this teaching and the series of the coming of Jesus is that you can experience the coming of Jesus every day in your life
Like in Revelation chapter 2, or even in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is standing in the midst of the lampstand. So where is Jesus? Jesus is in you. He's among you. He's teaching you. He's discipling you. And he's helping you to overcome what you need to overcome. So you can have that reality and the power of God even today. We had a, I was uh, preaching, I was talking to a friend of us a long time ago about um, this, the, about life that you can experience today and finally she said you know what well, why are you giving me this bad news I please don't give me I want to die and I want to go to heaven so I can have I can get free from this life that I'm living here and just be with Jesus and experience this joy and here's the thing you're missing something huge here and that's the thing that you are living in hell until the time you die and death become your savior and then you go to Jesus and experience life and peace and not knowing that life and peace and joy is in the Holy Spirit and you can have it right now and you can experience it right now so Jesus didn't come to get you to somewhere so you can finally experience something and until then you're going through hell but actually he came to come inside of you so you can experience that life and reality and power even today and as he's coming he's bringing righteousness and peace he's increasing his presence he's increasing his reality he's increasing his life power and everything at that who he is in you so that today is the day that the Lord has made today becomes the now time of salvation and we don't wait for a day to come because today is our day so in so that's why I think one of the main reasons of those theologies that are talking about the external Jesus to come it's because we fail to experience his coming today we fail to experience the power of God today and if you're watching or you're one of those people that you strongly believe in a day to come in the calendar I want to encourage you and say okay if you want to keep that doctrine keep it but follow me here today to understand that you are saying that the day is coming in the future that Jesus is coming I am saying today he's coming for you and today you can experience him so what is the bad Think bad news about this what I'm saying that the work of God in you it can be the power and reality of today you can live like the Son of God even today victorious you can be an overcomer you can sit on the throne as Jesus wrote to Revelation chapter uh, Revelation chapter 3 he wrote to the last church if you overcome you will sit with me on the throne and so why are we what are we waiting for waiting for uh, like what happens so that finally we can sit on the throne and 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 here's the thing let me just say this to you if if you are a Christian and you have been born again and received the Spirit of God born again from the Word of God you know there must be more in this Christian's life let me tell you this I was a Muslim and as a Muslim I grew up believing in an external God that one day I will go to him because until that day I just be a good Christian I could be a good Muslim I'm just gonna do all my stuff and one day I will meet this God in paradise this it does it 
Is it not sound like the majority of the beliefs that we have in Christianity? When I became a Christian, my husband and I, we became a Christian. We read the book, the, the Bible, and we came to Romans chapter 8. We realized that this Christian walk is the reality of being son today, here and now. It's to be conformed to the image of who he is, even right now. So when I, as a Muslim, read that Romans chapter 8, I realized that he called me to be like his son Jesus Christ in that moment that I surrendered to him and I realized that who he is it was the moment that I realized that Jesus Christ is the image that I need to be transformed to I can live like him here and now I found the God who promised me a life that I can live right now not a life that I can it can be later on in future so that's why I want to encourage you and say okay let Let's get real with this Christian life. Let's understand that we are not looking for an external God because Jesus said, they tell you, here's the Christ, here's the Christ, but, but don't believe them because Christ is inside, inside of us and we don't expect his coming out there somewhere that has nothing to do with us. We are the co-heirs, we are the co-participant, co-laborers, co-workers with Christ right now on earth because God Almighty has come inside of us and he has made us his own dwelling place, a place of refuge that we become for people in the world and now we can be that city of refuge for people to escape and to come inside of to come to us so that they can receive peace they can receive grace they can receive salvation so we become the body of Jesus Christ so when you read the Gospels and Jesus goes around and he goes and he stretches his hand to heal the sick he walks into the city he say things he's talking about his own body today you and I and and I want to say this and and please let's let hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. If we are waiting for the external God to arrive one day, this has I don't experience then the reality of him today. That's why we are striving today, studying the scripture, understanding that how can we live like Jesus on earth today? How can we have his power and wisdom? How can we have his relationship? How can we, the relationship that he had with the father? How can we see the way he saw? How can we hear the way he heard? How can we be truly the manifested sons of God here on earth? And and that's when the, the knowledge of Christ comes to the picture. That's when we can rise up and realize that we are not waiting for a day to arrive. That day has arrived for us. You know, Jesus said in uh, many places, even we can read that in John chapter 16 even, that I am coming to you and I will not leave you as orphan. And if he hasn't come the last 2,000 years, you and I have been orphans. But when you go and read the Romans chapter 8, it says the spirit of adoption have come inside of us. And out of that spirit of sonship, we are crying out, Abba, Father. So we are sons and not orphans. And that means the Father has come to us. That means he has 
come and there will be more coming of him for you today because he wants you to be victorious he came once to remove sin for you but now he's coming to the church every day by revealing who he is so that the effect of sin can be removed which is death do you know the wages of sin is death when he came for sin now he comes to remove the effect of sin which is the salvation of our soul the place that all of your enemies are made your footstool and the last enemy is death so now here let's go back to this concept here in Luke chapter 17 Jesus in verse 24 is talking about the coming of the son of man look at if you look at the verse 24 and if you don't have your bible please pick up the bible and some and you may say i know the scriptures i understand but pick let's pick up that because it can come alive again for us it can come become um, more powerful again even though we might know the scripture in our mind but we don't know what it says 20 verse later or 20 verse before that let's pick up the bible and start understanding and letting the scripture interpret another scripture so that we can finally be the manifested son of god on earth i think this is exciting i'm not gonna sell this gospel to any other gospel i'm not gonna buy a gospel that tells me you know what you gotta wait one day until he comes and he does all these things i am buying the gospel that tells me now you are the son of god you can live today because he's inside of you and the one who is in you is greater than the one who's outside of you you can live the christ life here and now so let's experience and let's pick up that look at verse 24 in luke chapter 17 jesus is talking and he says as the lightning flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven so also the coming of the son of man look at verse 26 again as the days of Noah, so the coming of the Son of Man. So today's video is not about any of those verses, but I want to see that verse 24, verse 26, verse 30, Jesus, and even verse 22, Jesus is talking about the coming of the Son of Man. But if you go to one verse before, which is verse 21, Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom of God. So he's answering a question to people and he's talking to pharisees and he says pharisees ask him that when the kingdom of god comes and jesus is answering the question to the kingdom of god and all of a sudden he switches that to the coming of jesus look at verse 21 um, we can read the end of verse 20 where jesus is answering the kingdom of god does not come with observation so you don't wait for the cloud to come you don't wait with the observation of external eyes to see to wait for the kingdom why verse 21 nor will they say here or see there here or there do you see that external mindset that jesus is talking here verse 21 let's continue that for indeed the kingdom of god is within you so do you see it says and then all of a sudden he links the, the kingdom of god the coming of the kingdom of god to the coming of the son of man so if the kingdom is within you and it's not out there here and there it is within you and it comes from within you then the coming of the son of man is from within you out 
I think this is good news because that puts me right into the heart of God, into the plan of God. If he is in me and he's coming from inside of me out, I can have that experience of son of God even today. So now I want to see here. So the kingdom is within you. Now let's jump to Matthew chapter 24, where today I want to talk to you uh, and continue that. And we see Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is answering the same question. So he's bringing the example of the Noah, the flood of Noah. And, and he's talking about the um, uh, coming of the son of man, like the days of Noah and like the, and like the days of Lot. So it's the same thing, but in Matthew 24, he's not talking about the kingdom there. He's actually, he talks about the coming of the son of man and we can see the coming of the son of man is the coming of the kingdom of God I had a friend that uh, he said you know what I'm not really interested in the second coming of Jesus I'm just so much in the in the in the coming of the kingdom of God and I said listen to say you can't bring the kingdom of God if he doesn't come when he comes he brings his kingdom with him he's the king of of righteousness he's the king of peace so he has a if he's a king he has a kingdom and his kingdom is the kingdom of God so that's why if the coming of the kingdom is the coming of the son of man if you're looking for the coming of Christ it's the coming of his kingdom on earth here and now so now let's look at um let's look at verse 9 here in um chapter 24 in the in matthew and we are going to see one of the way of the coming of jesus so in the previous videos we covered about the coming with the cloud and we covered about coming so he takes away lies and tears and the one who sows that the coming that constantly comes to you to bring salvation to you and salvation means delivering from your enemies. And uh, if the last enemy is death, then uh, delivering from the all the other enemies are lies. It could be anything else that is not in alignment with the truth of who he is. So today we want to see that he's coming in the time of tribulation. And we want to understand the word tribulation here. So verse 9 in Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So in this video, my focus is on the word tribulation here. So because every single word that you see in this verse needs to be taken, explained, put it back so we can understand that one verse here. So today we are going to talk about the tribulation and we will touch on what do you mean that they kill you? Because verse 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So he's talking about that they kill you but you need to endure to be saved so we are going to see that part too but here's the thing it says Jesus says here that they will deliver you who are they that he's talking here we just need to go a few verse before that and in the few verse before that look at verse 4 that Jesus answered and said to them take heed that no one deceives you so do you see take heed that no one deceives you verse 5 for many will come in my name saying i am the christ 
and will deceive many. So do you see, talking about the external Christ, somebody comes and say, I am the Christ. Somebody says that here's the Christ. So he says, many will come in my name and they will deceive you. And so who is he talking here then? He's talking about some false Christs. He's talking here about false teachers because if someone gets up and says okay i am the christ there will be many people needs to teach that to people to show that oh here's the christ here's the christ so there will be false teachers introducing the false christ and there will be false christ that will rise up so the they that will deliver you to tribulation who are those they he's talking about the false teachers if you go all the way to verse 20 uh to verse 24 jesus still he is still talking about the false teachers and false Christ. Verse 24 says, for false teachers and false prophets, for, sorry, for false Christs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Do you know that Paul wrote to, to churches and he called them the elect of God, the saint of God, the believers of the Lord Jesus, they are the elect of God. So, so now he says there will be false Christs and false prophets who will rise up to deceive the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the elect of God. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter, Peter is talking about the false prophets. And he said this, as it was false prophets among people, there will be false teachers among you. So the false prophet is a false teacher. Because, or we can even say the false teacher is a false prophet. So what do the prophets do? The prophets teach people about something that is going to take place later on. So in the Old Testament, we all know about those prophets, but what they brought, it was a teaching to people because people were looking at those teachings and they believed on something that would come later on. And the false teachers are the false prophets because what, uh, what is being taught or the teacher is teaching something, it becomes a prophecy, prophetic word for you basically. So here's the thing, it says the false teacher the false prophets are false teachers and that means they are bringing an, a doctrine a teaching to you that is not introducing the true christ that is within you they are introducing the christ that is out there and they say look here's the christ the christ is coming out there externally and not revealing the christ internally so Jesus said, it is better for you that I go away. Why? Because then I can come back to come inside of you. If you can have and be with me in the flesh, it's better that I can come inside of you to be in you and to be manifested through you. So do you see the false teachers are the ones who introducing the Christ 
that is not in you because the coming of the Christ is the coming of the kingdom and the kingdom is inside of you. So if you hear any teaching that separates you from the mystery of God in Christ Jesus, that brings separation, separates you from the body, one man with one body that says, that's God, this is who you are, wait for him to come and rescue you. This is the old way of thinking. This is not the new way of thinking in Christ Jesus, where we become the new man, where we are one with him, he is in us and we are in him, where he is coming, manifesting physically in us, even in this, uh, the earth that we are living here. So basically, let's go back here. It says that they deliver you to tribulation. So the first thing that we want to see, so the false teachers are the one that will cause tribulation to happen. I want you to keep that in mind. And we are going to see a few verses here to understand that the tribulation, it wasn't something that people of the early church, they would just wait for it to come one day. They had a different understanding of the tribulation. And that's why when John wrote in Revelation about tribulation, and when the, the apostle wrote in the letters about tribulation, they, didn't, they had a different understanding of tri the tribulation than what we know, many of us may know today, or what is being out, taught out there by some folks. So that's why we, if we go and read some verses, we realize that the tribulation, it wasn't a day to arrive in calendar so that you are arguing about the post and pre-tribulation events. It was the event that was taking place in their life almost every day. So we got to let the scripture interpret the scripture and understand what they were understanding about tribulation at the time. So for example, if we go to Acts chapter 7, I, I already wrote down and I already studied the word tribulation and I want to encourage you, I think it's about 24 times that the word tribulation is used there. I want to encourage you to just go and read them and see and reading the context of every verse that what the what the word tribulation is so in this video i won't have time to go through all the verses but i want to go through some verses that this helps us to understand this subject better so let's for example let's go to acts chapter 11 and in acts chapter 11 this is uh, this is something that happened after uh, Stephen came and we know the story of Saul, our brother, and he wasn't brother at the time. He was the enemy of the, uh, the church and he was persecuting people. And now in um, Acts chapter, we can go Acts chapter 11, verse 19, it says, now those who were scattered after the persecution that, er that aroused over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to one another, to no one but the Jews. Okay, here's the thing. So it says, because there was a persecution that rose up because of Stephen. Who was Stephen? Stephen was the one who started preaching the Lord Jesus and this guy called Saul, who later became the apostle Paul, he, but at the time he came and he basically um, 
persecuted him, right? And eventually people pick up the stone and the stone Stephen and they kill Stephen. So it says that the the people the other people when because of this persecution that rose up, they scatter all around the world. So now the word persecution here is the word tribulation. So it's the same word tribulation that we see in Matthew chapter 24 and we see in Revelation that some folks out there are using the word tribulation to say it's the calendar time event that is coming one day in the future and they are debating about pre and post events and all this stuff. But I want to say this, that the early church faced tribulation when Stephen was stoned to death. So here's the thing. That means the false prophet, Saul, who at the time was the false prophet, what did he do? He rose up and he says, no, this is blasphemy, what you are saying, it's not. And then he basically participated in the death of Stephen and he, he basically thought he's serving God. So now, here's the thing. Now, people experienced tribulation and then they were scattered. So now, but we can go to another verse here and together we, let's talk about, uh, oh, we can see actually in Acts chapter 20, this is Acts chapter 11. Before we move on, let's go to Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, this is our brother Saul, who later became Paul. And now he says this, look at that. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, uh, he says that, um, and see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. This is Paul speaking, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulation awaits me. So do you see that Paul is writing, he says, listen, every city that I go, I'm experiencing tribulation. So do you see the early church had a different understanding of the tribulation. Tribulation was something they were experiencing every day. Even if we go to Thessalonians, let's go to Thessalonians chapter one. Here Paul is talking about uh, some, um, uh, he's writing to this church and he's talking about the tribulation. Look at first Thessalonians. Oh, I'm a second Thessalonians. Sorry. All right. So let's go to first Thessalonians chapter, chapter three that says verse three. We can, I can, um, I can write it. Yeah. Verse three. And no one should be shaken by these afflictions. So the word affliction here is the same word as tribulation. So no one should be shaken by these tribulation for you, um, for you yourself know that we are appointed to this. So tribulation is something that every single believer of Jesus Christ is appointed to. So we shouldn't be shaken by it. So we shouldn't wait for it to come because it's, something that we all go through it because we are going to see the moment we see what tribulation is this verse is going to make even more sense but i brought you here to understand that tribulation was paul was saying that don't be shaken in the time of tribulation this is something that we are all are appointed to it and then he writes to the same church in second thessalonians 
And he says in verse 4 that so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So do you see? So there is the tribulation that they are enduring. So let me tell you this. So some of you might think that, okay, I'm talking about the persecution of the church through the unbelief of uh, all the other religions out there. So that could be part of the tribulation but that is not all of it because tribulation comes do you see it says the faith so you tribulation is the time that you endure into faith so the faith that something that you believed in God becomes that you stand and you continue standing on that uh, belief that you have and you enduring into that faith so I'm going to talk about this shortly in uh, more details here but I wanted you to see that tribulation was an event it was taking place every day in the early church that's why when John writes in the book of uh, Revelation, he says, I am, the, I am your um, uh, companion in the tribulation. I am I'm with you. I'm experiencing the tribulation myself too. So that's why if the tribulation is for today, the coming of Jesus is for today because he's writing to one of the churches about the tribulation and he says that you need to overcome. So he's in the midst of the church, encouraging them, teaching them to endure in the time of tribulation. So, but no, we can't endure anything if we don't have the power of God with us. If we don't have the, the spirit of God, we won't be able to overcome anything if he's not in us, if he doesn't come to us, if he doesn't reveal his power in us. We can't live this Christian life in power and glory and authority if the spirit of God where the kingdom of God is in the spirit is not inside of us. So what I'm saying is we won't be able to overcome and endure if he doesn't come to strengthen us, empower us, give us wisdom, give us knowledge, give us power, give us life so that we can endure. So the word tribulation, let's go and find out what is the word tribulation. And it's interesting because it's just so simple and it amazes me how we missed it. So it's so clear and simple. We just need to grab that one word and study it for ourselves. One of the places that the word tribulation is used is in the parable of the sower and the seed where Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 13. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13 and we are going to see clearly what does, the, what does this tribulation is because Jesus referring the tribulation to the word of God. So let's go to Matthew chapter 13 and at the same time maybe you can find um, even a Luke chapter 8 because that's where uh, also the parable of the soil and the seed is, is revealed there and uh, by putting those two parables together the same parable explained with different wordings we can understand every word. Okay so Let's be, I'm in Luke also. So let's be, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus is talking about this um, 
four different type of soils that where this when the seed of God is planted in that soil it will have different outcomes and then he goes on and he says that the soil the ground the field that the word of God is being sown in is actually your heart one of the uh, one of those uh, uh, four different type of soil it's fair that Jesus is talking about the seeds that is falling on the ground. Look at verse uh, 21. Look at verse 20. But he who receives the seed on a stony places. So there is a category that the, the, one of the type of soil that has stones in it. So when the seed falls into the stone places, Jesus is explaining who are these kind of people or what kind of soil is this. Look at verse 20. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Why? Because if you go and read it, so they start, they start having roots and coming out and, and the seed is growing. But here's the thing, it's only for a time. Verse 21, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So do you see, it says there is a category of people, there's a category, there's a type of soil that is a stony. When the seed, of, when the seed is planted there, they immediately started growing, but it's for a short time because when the persecution and tribulation comes because of the word. So do you see, the tribulation comes because of the word. <laughs> the tribulation comes because of the word. In Matthew chapter 24, we read Jesus said they will deliver you to tribulation. Why? Because they are false teachers and that means they are bringing a different word to you. So there is a word that you have heard and believed. There is a word that comes to you and that's when the tribulation comes because of the word. So here's the thing, the false Christ come because of the true Christ. The false teachers come because of the truth be teachers. The lie is there because of the truth. If there is no truth, there will never be a lie because the lie is against the truth. If, <laughs> so here's the thing, if the, the, if the word of God is the truth, there will always be lies. So here says the, the tribulation comes because of the word that is planted in your heart. So we wanna see the connection. Let's connect them together. The time of tribulation, it's when you hear. It comes to you that tribulation after you heard the word of God, the truth. The lie happens after you heard the truth. So now, here's the interesting part. So we can keep that in mind. Let's keep in mind, tribulation, word of God. Word planted in your heart, tribulation comes because of the word that is planted in your heart. Now, let's go to Luke chapter eight. And the same parable is mentioned in Luke chapter 8 and in Luke chapter 8 
it uses different wordings. And guys, if it's the same parable, if it's the same story with different wordings, that means the writer wrote it with different words because it wants to help us to understand that the tribulation has also has a different meaning and has a different understanding that we can see it through the other um, type, the other words, so we can understand that better. So look at verse uh, 13. It says, it's the same story, it's explained differently. Jesus is talking here, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, right? These have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. Okay. In Matthew, he said they endure for a while and when the tribulation comes, they fall away. In Luke, he tells us that they believe for a while, but when the temptation comes, they fall away. When tribulation comes, they fall away. When the temptation comes, they fall away. So by putting these verses together, we understand that. So the, the understanding of the early church for the tribulation was the time that the time of temptation that they were experiencing against the word of God because of the false teachers. So here's the thing, the, the moment you hear the word of God, the truth, it gets planted in your heart. And guess what happens? Then arises a tribulation, a temptation, a teaching, another word that starts confronting what you believed. But if your heart is a stony ground, you will hold on to the word of God, but only for some time, and eventually you fall away and you give into the tribulation. But here Paul writes, over and over to the churches and he says endure the tribulation and here tells us the enduring is actually believing if the moment you come into a place to realize that okay he this is the truth and the word of god you keep that word inside of you and you keep believing and you keep believing and you keep believing and you never let go of believing and when you keep believing and when another voices rise up, another thoughts rise up, another teachings rise up that are false, that are lies against the truth, that's the time you need to continue enduring and you need to believing. Here's the thing. The Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans and he says the tribulation is all its um, on the soul of every man. You know, actually, let's go to Romans chapter 2, and um, we want to see something amazing here, and hopefully this video is encouraging you to understand that if you are in the time of tribulation, and you are in the time of temptation, and your faith toward God, and the faith that you believe for the truth of God is being tempted and tested, by your own experiences, by your own body, by your own mind, by your own thought, by, you, by your uh, brothers and sisters out there, by anyone else out there, I wanna 
say that your, your soul becomes in a place of experiencing hardship because you are being pressed, you are being tested, not by God, by the situation, by the false teachers, by the false words. And to be honest with you, I was just thinking the other day that uh, when we start reading the Bible and we realize and growing into our understanding in Christ, finally we come to a point that we realize that the greatest false teacher that we all had was our own experiences. So when we experience something in the flesh, all of a sudden we learn something from it and that becomes our teachers and later on you realize that that was a lie because the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ is on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ we are learning to overcome our experiences in the flesh and we are learning to lay hold on eternal life in the flesh we are laying, we are striving and believing and staying in the faith so that we can experience God in our flesh even today so that's why eventually um, one of the greatest teach the false teachers that we had is our own experiences but you know let's go to uh, Romans chapter um, 1 actually Romans chapter 2 and look at verse 7 so the Apostle Paul is writing and he says eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory honor and immortality but to those who are self-seeking okay hold on a second there are some people that they are look, looking for glory honor and immortality but if you if you look basically for glory and honor and immortality you will receive the reward which is the eternal life but it says but there are some people that they are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of jews first and, and also um, of the greek but glory honor and peace to everyone who works what is good to the jews first and to the greek also so do you see it says i want to see this here the tribulation comes on the soul of man because the soul of man was a place that was always trying to save itself the soul of man is the place that wants to live do you remember Adam was a living soul Adam always strives to live Adam always fights to live Adam wants to save itself so the soul of man is the place that wants to save himself so now Jesus said if you want to save your soul or life but it's the word soul there if you want to save your soul you will lose it but if you pick up your cross and follow me that's where you can save your own soul because you learn to lay down your soul you don't become self seeking you become the glory seeking you are looking for a life that not the soul gives you you are looking for a life that eternal life of the spirit of god can give you so here's the thing it says if in self-seeking it happens in the soul because the soul of man was always trying to save himself so now here 
there is something called the salvation of soul. First Peter chapter 1 verse 9, I guess it says, we are receiving the end of our faith, the salvation of our soul. So that's why our soul is in a place of self-seeking. And the only, the only um, basically um, opportunity that we have that we can truly be saved is actually lay down our soul, pick up the cross and follow him. I had a video about picking up the cross and follow him, which I went through this by details. It's just so important. It's the core of a Christian life. It's where that you are, you and I, are looking for salvation of soul is happen to happen inside of us. We came to him, we are saved, but our soul still struggles through a lot of stuff. That's why the Apostle Paul says, you know what, even though tribulation comes over on the soul of every man who is self-seeking, and even though there is a time of tribulation that we are experiencing, but that tribulation doesn't produce death and anguish of soul for us anymore. That tribulation actually starts building a hope of eternal life, a hope of glory inside of us. Um, he says that, so he says it in Romans chapter five, and look at verse three, and he says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. So do you see? It says, okay guys, tribulation is something that we are appointed to because tribulation is the time that your, your uh, belief is going to be tempted by the false doctrine, by the false teachers, by the false voices and words, by lies. But it comes upon the soul of every man, but we are not self-seeking. We glory in tribulation. We know that tribulation produces perseverance. Do you see? The word produce is actually the same word as works. So it says that the tribulation works a perseverance. So tribulation, when it comes to us, it doesn't work in us anguish of soul. It brings, it produces um, perseverance. Verse four says, and perseverance produces character and character hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. All right, so here says, okay guys, the tribulation comes to the soul of man, but we are not self-seeking souls. We are, we have laid down our soul, we have picked up the cross, we are seeking the glory, honor, and immortality. We are the one who lay hold, want to lay hold of eternal life. We don't want the life that is in the soul, so we don't be the self-seeking and self uh, saving of our souls. We don't become the saving of our souls. We let him to become the saving of our souls by giving us eternal life. And when we endure and continue in believing the word of God in, inside of us, that's when that we are, um, that this tribulation starts producing perseverance because we hope in the saving of our soul. That's time that in the time of tribulation and temptation, we continue in, the, in, in enduring and believing because that perseverance will eventually bring that hope inside of us, a hope that will never vanish and never go away because the love of God inside of our heart has given up a hope 
hope that has become the anchor of our soul. So, so that's why the time of tribulation that you read in the letters, it was the experience of daily church every day. And I want to tell, say this to you. If you are a believer in Christ and you hear the word of truth, even right now, when the Spirit of God is speaking to you and you hear the word of truth, if your heart is a stony, that means the stone, the law was written on the stone. If your heart doesn't understand the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, if your heart still strives to do things to save himself, then that's when you hear the word, you endure, but you finally, a voice comes to you and says, all right, what do I need to do now? Because it hasn't been happening and maybe I'm in the wrong place and I have moved on to another place. And before you know that you're off track and you have come into the works and saving of yourself rather than believing into, in the Lord Jesus, believing in the word of God. So that's why if you are a believer and you have heard the truth, you are appointed to tribulation. But let me tell you just, Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So that's one. Why are you taking heart in the time of tribulation? Because he's coming. The coming of the Son of Man in the time of hardship of your soul is the time of the tribulation that you go through. Your faith is being tested. He's coming because he's the one who has overcome all the temptations. He's the one who has overcome all the enemies. He's coming to walk this journey with you, to empower you, to give you life, to give you encouragement in your soul, to show you the way to continue in, in the faith. That's why Jesus writes to one of the churches, which is in uh, Revelation chapter 2, and he's writing to this church about the time of tribulation. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2 so we can understand that the time of tribulation is a time that happens when you are tested because of your faith. It could be anything. It's when you, what you believed in God is being tempted and tested, not by God, by false teachers, because they are going to deliver you to tribulation, because they are bringing another word that is the lie to deliver you to tribulation, to take you off of faith and put you into work which is called evil, to put you in self-seeking, the time that you forget that you are seeking glory and honor, immortality, you're seeking the Lord, you're following the Lamb of God to bring you out and put you self-seeking, self-centered, self-saving soul. So that's why Jesus comes and he is in so I'm going to go this and we are going to wrap up this video. So Jesus is talking in Revelation chapter 2 and he's writing to another church in verse 8 to church in Smyrna. And he says that I know, verse 9, I know your works, your tribulation. So do you see? Jesus says, I know your tribulations. Okay, guys. He knows our tribulation. So that means this church was in the tribulation. But Jesus is in the midst of the church. So he is there because he knows their struggle and he wants them to overcome this tribulation so they can endure it through this time of hardship that they have. So I know your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich 
And I know the blasphemy of those who say that they are Jews, but they are not. So do you see the false teachers and false prophets here? But are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. The word tested is actually tempted. It's the word temptation here. Same word, the verb for the word that we read in parable of the sower and the seed. So that you may be tempted and you will have tribulation. Okay, guys. So you will be tempted and you will have tribulation. Again, here we can see another verse to support what we've been talking here. That the time that you're being tempted for your faith is the time that you have tribulation. But look what Jesus says, says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus in Matthew 24, he said that they will deliver you to tribulation and they kill you. Here says, be faithful to death until death to death that means the time of temptation it's when your your uh, the word of god that you believed in your heart it starts being tempted a false teacher a false voice a false experience a word that is lie comes against you to convince you to believe that lie and not the truth and then what that happens is Jesus says, no, you got to continue until death and they will kill you. What are they killing? When the tribulation comes, if you endure the tribulation and you continue in faith, that self-seeking inside of you that causes you to be tempted and believe the other word, the lie, that will be dead. If you don't go to that if you don't believe their word the self-seeking in the soul dies on the cross so that means you're following the lamb to the cross and you're not following the false lamb so if you're following if you're picking up the cross and you're following the lamb where is he leading you He's leading you, obviously, to death. He's leading you to the cross. He's leading you to a place that you put aside self-seeking, self-saving of yourself, your soul. But you come to a place that you believe the word of God and you let that word inside of you start growing. So therefore, if you endure in the time of temptation, that's when they kill you. What are they killing? They kill the desire in us. They kill the self-seeking inside of us. That's why a few verses later, Jesus says, if you endure, then you will be, those who endure will be saved. Because in the time of enduring and believing in your faith, Believe me, something dies inside of you. And that is the man who wants to rise to say, you know what? Let me do something to have this rather than believing in the word of God. When you walk in faith, you put an end, the death to the Adam that always wants to work evil and save himself and you raise up the Christ inside of you, the one who walks by faith. So when we talk about the tribulation and later on in Matthew 24, Jesus says, after the tribulation of those days, you will be the sun darkened and the moon. We will, we will hopefully get to those verses um, soon in the next few weeks. But the, here's the thing. 
in the time of tribulation is the time of temptation. That's simple. It's the time that you experience tribulation. It's where your faith is being tested and tempted. It's the time that you are in hardship. It's where that you believe something, but you feel differently. It's a time that you believe the word of God, but you experiencing something else. But if you continue until death, if you are faithful to death, you are continuing and believing the Lamb of God and the word of God will rise up inside of you and it brings the salvation to you. So you don't become the savior of yourself. You be the Lord Jesus become your savior and that's when he's coming. He's coming in the time that you are being tempted. We read that in Hebrews chapter two, that he is now the high priest because he was tempted. He's able to aid those who are being tempted. The time of temptation is actually the time that that you can experience and you can expect the coming of the Son of God. You can expect the coming of the kingdom of God. It's time that you can stay in faith and believing for the hope of the reward of eternal life because he said, I'm coming quickly in the middle of your temptation, in the midst of darkness that maybe you are experiencing, but watch for it, wait for him because he's coming to deliver you out of stuff. He's coming to bring salvation because his name is salvation. And I think one of the reasons I was thinking the other day and I was talking to Masoud, one of the reasons that we don't live in power of God, one of the reasons that we miss his reality and his power in today's life. One of the reasons that the church is weak, it's because we don't expect his coming today. We are postponing that to a futuristic day where we don't know it's where it's coming. It's 200 years that this doctrine has come out and brought fear and hopelessness to all of us. Let him come today. Let him experience his reality today. Let him expect the coming of Jesus today because he says, I'm coming quickly today for you. Are you in the time that you need him to come? Are you in the time you need to be strengthened? Are you in the time that you need to overcome? Are you in the time that you need to live victorious? Are you in the time that you say, come Lord Jesus, that's when you cry out with your heart and you say, come Lord, because we need you. Why? Because I am in this situation of being tested and tempted because of whatever that is around me. But I believe in the word of God. Let's experience him daily. Let's experience him daily. So I just want to encourage you guys that expect the coming of Jesus. Don't get sucked in to the theologies that will give you a Jesus that is not for today. Let's experience, let's live right now in the kingdom of God. Let's experience, let's, as the book of Acts people talked about in, uh, in Acts, they said we must enter into the kingdom of God through many tribulation. Tribulation is the place that pushes you into the kingdom. It's the place that will vex you up into your reality. It doesn't, when you experience tribulation, you don't have to go through the hardship of your soul. You can produce character 
nature inside of you, the character of the Son of God. I bless you guys and I thank you for watching this video and I hope this video was an encouragement to you to seek the Lord Jesus Christ even today, even now. Please like and share the video and subscribe to our channel if you haven't subscribed because we are going to continue the subject in the coming, week, coming weeks. And until next week, I pray that the experience that you will see that He is coming, even today, even now, for you. Experience is coming. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Rose and Masood Ramandi. We hope you stay connected by subscribing to our podcast to receive latest teachings to keep you growing in the knowledge of God. If you would like to support our ministry to continue spreading the fragrance of His knowledge, please visit our website at perfectedbyblood.com forward slash donation. For more teachings, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash perfectedbyblood. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, go to perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and sign up. You'll get a free ebook called Unveiled Word, a simple guide to understand the Bible. You'll also be notified about new articles about our ministry updates and our upcoming brand new online courses. And if you're ready to take your life into a whole new level to go deeper and go bigger in God, make sure you grab my book. The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. When you order your copy, you're really supporting our ministry and the message we carry. And you'll also be getting a book that it will reveal to you how you can stop trying to fulfill God's supernatural plan for your life through natural means. Instead, you can receive the power of His mercy through deeper understanding of God's compassionate heart. This book helps you to change your mind, believe in God's goodness, receive His involvement in your day-to-day -day life, and finally, lift up the burdens off of your shoulders. It's called the Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. Thanks for tuning in.